Hey guys, my name is Manny J and welcome to season one, episode one of the Fashion and Finance podcast with Manny J. And I'm joined with my first guest. Guess would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Rhoda and it feels great to be number one. <laughs> you started already. You've actually started already, but I love this. So guys, like I said, this is season one, episode one of the Fashion and Finance conversation with Manny J. Um, very excited to be here. We are live and direct from the Common Sense Studios in Beckenham Junction. I will be sure to tag them so you can get their details, um, so you can use the space. So before we get started on the questions and the interview and stuff like that, Rhoda, how has your week been so far? So my week's been good. Um, been working back mm. to back. Um, actually, there was I was meant to have a day off on Tuesday. Ended up having to go into work. So... But it's been a good week. But you had a day off today, right? Because you messaged me saying you had a day off today. Yes, I did. <laughs> and I made sure I utilised it. That's good. What did you do today then since I you chilled. utilised it? You um, chilled? Yes. Yeah? Cool. All right then. Um, my week has been good as well. But it's been very busy in preparation for the podcast. I can imagine. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very, 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 very nervous. But Don't be. This is this is you. But pe people say that, yeah. But when I tell people I'm shy, you. it's like they don't, they don't believe me. Which, but... I'm a shy individual. You're really not shy, but I can. Okay, Guys, I've known him since primary school. I was just about to say, so Rhoda can <laughs> say that because she's known me ever since what? What year did you come? Year three? Yeah, three. Year, year three, year four. Yeah. So we've known each other for many a year, many moons, many suns. And I'm actually very, very glad and honoured that she is part um, of season one. So we're going to start off with a game. Okay. First of all. Well, I don't know if it's a game, but I'm going to call it a game. Okay. So it's this or that. Very simple. Cool. Don't think. First first answer, just go with it. Okay? Got it. So, okay. First question. Summer or winter? Summer. Online shopping or indoor shopping? Online. R&B or Afrobeats? R&B. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. FaceTime or phone calls? FaceTime. Science or history? Science. Science? Yes. <laughs> okay. Although... I remember Henry VIII, he had six wives and all okay, of them. Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you, you went back to primary school with that, I love that. Yeah. Okay, um, growth or security? Growth. I would, I would prefer security, but mm. I know growth is better. Okay, all right, cool. And last one, bad publicity or no publicity? Mm. I've got to think about that one. Well, you, I know we weren't meant to think about it. You're not meant it. to think about it. Dang. You really left that one till last time. I did. I would go with no publicity. Okay, why? Because bad publicity is bad. But no publicity means no exposure, no? That might just be good. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, I feel like you tried to reverse Uno, but it didn't work. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll let you think about that one. But yes, guys, I am joined by my old primary school friend Rhoda um, and I'm very excited to have you on the podcast like I said this is season one episode one um, and um, for guys who those who don't know the fashion and finance brand is all about motivating and uplifting people to make sure that they are killing it in the industry so I thought why not start a podcast yes another man with a microphone <laughs> but why not start a podcast so people can um, listen and see about what we do as a brand and as a blog and so I can get a bit more exposure as well, man, because I'm trying to get some paid ads, contract. I'm trying to get everything. So I'm very excited. Mm. So I've got some prompts on the screen. 
So don't worry, you can't see them, but I can see them. But they will help me just manage the flow of our conversation. Got it. And then if there's anything you don't want to talk about, you can just signal to me or feel free to talk about it. Sure. But we're going to get started. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, like like from childhood to what you studied growing up, hmm. life, because you didn't start off in the UK. No, so. I didn't. So um, I'm 29 years old. And I'm from Ghana, Etisang. Um, I was actually born, I always say I was born in Ghana and raised in the UK. So I came over to the UK when I was like year three, year four. So mm. you must be what, six, seven years old? I'm going to nod in agreement, but yeah. I'm 100% sure. Um, I didn't come with my parents. So my dad lives in America. My mom lives in Ghana. And growing up, I always used to it's going to be a bit of a sob story and I hate talking about myself, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I called myself the suitcase kid because I lived with so many aunties and uncles. Um, I had a very unsettling childhood, but in hindsight, it's made me who I am today. So mm. I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor. I remember when I was like eight years old and I'd be like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. Fast forward 20 years later, I'm not a doctor but I am a clinic manager at an aesthetic clinic and I actually manage doctors. So God, I see you. But um, a bit about myself. I really don't do well about talking about myself. Um, I went to primary school, secondary school. I'm like a practical hands-on person. So I loved um, subjects that were more vocational. Um, so I went down a beauty therapy route. Mm. Um, and that was actually because growing up, I had really bad skin, like, Guys, I used to have spots on top of spots. Again, I can talk about it now because mm. I don't have it anymore. Mm. So I would say that ignited a passion for beauty, but more than beauty, like mm. aesthetics. Yeah. So aesthetics is more of like an advanced, um, it's advanced, let me call it that. Um, so yes. Okay, so you kind of like touched on some of the other questions I was gonna ask as well. So let's let's start off with you wanting to be a doctor. What was the reason for you actually wanted to, to become a doctor? Um, the reason was just watching shows. Um, I remember briefly in like Ghana. Tell a lie, I don't remember in Ghana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember growing up, I um, used to watch shows like Holby City, Casualty. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, on BBC and, One. Yeah. yeah, and I'm the type of person, I people say I kind of bend over backwards to help other people and that's something I'm changing. But I just like to like help people. I didn't like seeing people in pain. And Wait, why do you feel like you need to change that? Because bending over backwards just mm. hurts your own back. Okay. And I think the experiences I've been through yeah. most recently in the last five years have made, have made me realise, yeah, mm. you can care about people, but you got to care. put yourself first. I've got to put me first, Lucius. Yeah. Not in a selfish way, because mm. if I don't, there'll be nothing of me to care for the next person. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you wanted to be a doctor, and then you said, obviously, you, you don't you're not a doctor now mm -hmm. um and then you mentioned the fact that the reason why you went into i'm going to say skincare because yes. i can't actually pronounce the word aesthetic that one that's fine um, we'll use skincare skincare so you mentioned the fact that it was your own skin it was your own skin that was bad so talk us through that how did you manage that how how did it come about when did you notice the fact that your skin was bad and what I would say, what kind of highlighted to you that the skin was bad? Did you like self-compare? Was mm. it what you used to see in, in media growing up, obviously like on TV? Yeah. Talk us through that. Um, so for me, it was around the age of secondary school, which would have been like 14, 15. And I noticed I used to get 
pimples oh my mm. goodness nobody uses that word pimples but I used to get like spots everywhere and around the time my friends some had spots some didn't but mine were just so prominent everywhere and but wasn't I, this like during the stage of puberty though it was it was so mm. i mean in hindsight it should have been normal mm. but remember guys i didn't grow up with my mum, so i didn't have a mother figure to say okay this is normal when you're at this age xyz will happen yeah so a lot of things i had to figure out myself mm. um so with regards to the skincare I remember this it was you know remember you used to get six weeks holidays yeah so during the holidays i remember spending like a whole the whole holidays googling researching what how to you know get rid of spots what to do to mm. make things better and stuff like that and i was just like mm, this is interesting okay so what exactly caught your attention of of skincare especially trying to rem especially trying to remove your spots and question as well did you ever get scarring from your spots as well i did okay i did but i always tell my clients like i get away with my scarring because i'm nice and nice buried you know what they say about the blacker the berry the sweeter the juice okay okay um but this is an adult friendly parent friendly podcast, absolutely by the way. you know <laughs> anyway, <right. laughs> we'll go for black and beautiful okay um what was the question sorry so what kind of, so what kind of like i would say what how can i how can i ask this question what was it that when it came to removing of spots, scarring, mm. what actually drew you into to, to that area? It was the results. I mm. think everybody, we live in a world where you want to see results. And if you're not seeing results, then something's not working. So it was the results of looking online. At, back then, Google wasn't really a thing. And mm. neither was like YouTube. But seeing before and afters and like, oh, wow, this thing actually works. Yeah. So, okay. So when, you, when, it, when it came to the results... Obviously, we're black. <laughs> but who, who did you? Who would you say you compared to, or who did you say you would have compared yourself to growing up, trying to achieve what it is you're trying to achieve in terms of clear skin? Was it other black people, black influencers? Even though mm. I would say growing up, black influencers for us wasn't really a thing. It wasn't. No. And then looking at models, it was very much like white orientated. So. Who, was who were who were you looking to to get results that kind of like was like oh i like the results this is what i'm going to pursue um surprise funny enough i should say it was um patricia bright okay she was just starting mm. herself into youtube as well and there was a jenny jenkins so yeah, the og in yeah the OGs. OGs. they had just so it was in that era where they were making youtube videos and stuff and i was mm. like oh i want to do a bit of that okay so obviously i don't i don't i didn't follow them but weren't they more so makeup than skincare yes that's definitely correct they were mm. more makeup um than skincare but when they took off the makeup they would address the issue okay of skincare so you would say that you could very much relate with them after the makeup exactly okay that's yeah. cool so you've answered one of my questions already <laughs> what what were you what would you have done if you never became an aesthetic e practitioner aesthetic practitioner Aesthetics you mentioned the doctor mm. so did you always have like something else other than the skincare and becoming a doctor was there something else that would have been like you know what this would have been the ultimate career for me no actually i was the person that it was like every other week i was changing my careers so i remember i wanted to be a fashion designer i wanted to be a teacher okay. so i remember like during summer holidays i would line up dollies and i would teach them i would write on a whiteboard literally just pretend teaching so mm. yeah with regards to careers it was fashion designing teaching doctoring um 
I think they were the main. I used to change it all the time. There mm. was a period where I was really um, like became a football fanatic. Okay, I love. I remember. You remember? Were you an <laughs> Were you an Arsenal supporter? Oh my goodness! Or was it Man United? I just remember you always being in a football top. Chelsea. Chelsea. I knew I could see blue. Chelsea. Oh, I wanted to be a physiotherapist at one point. Okay. So, wait. Okay. <laughs> Answer me this. What do you think was the reason or cause for all these career changes growing up? Like, what do you think played a factor in you wanted to be a fashion designer, a doctor, a a physiotherapist, a this, a that, an airplane driver, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did want to be an, an autopilot. You see. Um, I think not having somebody sit down with me and say, Rhoda, mm. what do you want to be and why? Yeah. Um, so I didn't have the mother figure or a father figure that some people have. Again, not everybody had that, mm. so it's not an excuse. But, um, yeah, so it was just, I was left to my own device, mm. you call it that. Okay, and... This is not a deep question. It's not a deep podcast. But do you... I know you kind of said you're thankful because it's made you who you are today. Mm-hmm. But have you had to kind of like forgive... Oh my goodness. ...your parents for... I won't, I, won't, I won't say putting you in a situation that you found yourself in having, you know, coming mm. over to the UK, being a suitcase kid. But mm. obviously things happen that are beyond our control growing up. So would you say you've had to forgive them? And if you haven't forgiven them possibly state why i would definitely say i've had to forgive my parents Mm. um many times it's not a once over process just when i feel like i've forgiven them something will happen and Mm. i'll be like dan you have not forgiven them so yeah i definitely have had to forgive my parents i know that they just wanted the their best for me and Mm. their best is different to what i think is my best Mm. okay that's cool so guys that is rhoda Telling us about her early childhood growing up. Um, how was secondary school life for you, though? Outside of the skin issue, you yeah. I would say, how was secondary school life for secondary you? Secondary school was lit. I loved... I always... Well, now, I think my secondary school period was, like, the funnest and bestest time of my life. Really? Yeah, I was, like, everybody's friend. And I know they normally tell you, be weary of people that's friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. But I was just that person that was everyone's friend. So I got down with the cool kids, the nerds, the geeks. Okay. The Latina community. We had one in the school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved secondary school. Okay, that's yeah. good. And then, so... I don't think you mentioned that you went to college, you were more vocational. Yes. What was the reason for that? That's a good question. Um, I actually applied, I got into a college, college, Christ the King sixth form, mm-hmm. and I was going to study, oh, there was a point I wanted to be a social worker. <laughs> so I was going to study sociology, biology, chemistry, all those ologies. Yeah. And then literally at the day of submission, I saw they had a health and social care course and i was like oh i want to study that Mm. so i remember the woman was like yeah sure we'll put you on the course long story short there was no space on the course so i lost i ended up losing my place at christ the king's form um but again i'll see that as a blessing in disguise yeah um so naturally that just kind of made me go into the beauty therapy route okay cool so that now brings on to the section i want to talk about skincare and everything in Mm. between so one of the questions i've got here is um Let's talk about the actual industry. Um, and I think I think one of the questions I really want to ask is, do you think the industry, and this isn't just by me going off what I see on mm. social media by other, like, you know, aesthetics or whatever they're called. You I'm so it. sorry. <laughs> um, a lot of them say that the industry can be quite toxic. 
what are your what what is your opinion on that and if it is toxic why do you think it's so toxic it's <clears throat> i agree um i definitely believe it's toxic mm. and i think it is toxic because it's a heavily um dominated women 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 field mm. um there aren't many men in it the men that you'll only find are in like directorship places or doctor doctor places mm. um and naturally you know what they say about when there's a lot of women do you know what they say no oh women are bitches oh, okay <laughs> um this is like child friendly no women mm. are not that but they just say like there's a lot of women trying to outdo each other backbite mm. just a lot of bad stuff that women do to each other okay yeah so one of the questions i've got here now is what is one thing you would actually change about the industry like what is the ultimate thing you'd want to change about the industry that's a very good question i feel like there's at every point there's always been something i've wanted to change mm -hmm. um and i haven't thought about it most recently um but right now it would definitely be the level of care level of care from practitioners okay given to patients okay um because it's it's a very lucrative field um yeah you can make ka-ching mm -hmm. um so i think practitioners can easily treat patients or clients let's say as just numbers you look at people with just um pound signs or dollar signs on their heads mm. yeah okay it's and an unethical um industry at the moment and how do you think the industry has become that today like what's caused that it's not surprisingly it's not um as regulated as it should be okay um and i say that because there's things like botox and fillers these mm -hmm. are injectable treatments that we put into people to enhance the their appearances mm. and anybody can kind of study to do that yeah yeah i was gonna say so okay so that's one thing you would change about the industry mm. so to kind of like piggyback what you've just said now what are your thoughts about those people who you know who like just um take an online course or whatever mm. and can now start injecting people's foreheads and noses with botox and fillers and all of that what are your what are your thoughts on them that's tricky again because i think it all depends why the person's doing it mm. i know people that have a beauty therapy background like myself mm. that have gone to do those courses and i do think they provide a good level of care and then there's some people that just think i want to make money so i'm mm. going to do this so i think it really fundamentally depends why the people are doing it in okay. the first place so what do you think is the key reason as to why people do it to make money of course okay <laughs> to make money yeah is that it yeah, to make money. You can make money. So do you think there's a lack of interest, passion with those people who are doing it? Their sole goal is to make money. Because I just see as, okay, so I see a lot of um, people on social media who have the ability to inject, inject someone's face mm. and let's just say transform it for lack of better wording. Yeah. And are you telling me these people, their sole focus is to make money? Okay. Obviously, I'm not saying you're speaking for all of them. Yeah. But is there no, is there not maybe a fact of wanting to make a difference, wanting to make someone feel better about themselves? You know what? I won't be too savage. I will say there is a percentage of people mm -hmm. that generally care about um, people wanting to enhance the appearances mm -hmm. um, and to make them feel better. Okay. Yeah. I'll say it's about uh, 60 40. So 60% wanting money mm -hmm. and 40% of actual patient 
and client level of care. And where do you land on that score? I like if you was to read my work reviews and stuff mm-hmm. from like patients I've treated, the number one thing that they always say is my level of customer service is A1. And mm-hmm. I don't say that to blow my trumpet. Okay. Like if you're watching this and you are my patient, I think you would agree. Okay. And what is it about your customer service that makes it A1? Um, I just, I'm just, with the type of person I am, I'm really bubbly. I like to talk mm. a bit too much. Um, so yeah, and I like to, I care for the patient. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question. So and this isn't to kind of offend anybody. Those people who may not have taken the, the normal route to be to be in a position that you are in terms of skincare, mm. so they're very much doing these online courses mm. or, or whatever, possibly may not be regulated. What what consequences do you think they should face? Like, and by that I mean, should we should there be a reduction of those people who have access to these online courses, and should there be a reduction of said online courses, and maybe follow the more traditional route into becoming what what you are today in terms of skincare and a clinic manager mm. like do you feel like it's a it's it's an easy way for them it definitely is easy quote unquote because there's like day courses as you mentioned or weekend courses mm. um and that kind of just those that have let's say doctors that have spent seven years in medical school it's almost a slap in the face for them mm. but i am um i would like to say we live in a information age now it's not Mm -hmm. an industrial age as it was many years ago and with information age um things are always changing quickly you have to keep up with things so this style of you know online one day course or two day course is what i guess our generation is about now Mm -hmm. so i'm not knocking it um i just definitely think it should be more in depth or thorough Mm -hmm. but then again can i really speak about it because i haven't done an an online one day weekend botox course Mm -hmm. No, but you, you kind of, I would say you followed the more traditional route, yeah. right? Okay, cool. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like these days I feel like every time I open Instagram or mm. now TikTok, I'm seeing someone who's got this so-called experience on on speaking in the industry. I'm like, and my, I think my thought process is, what are your credentials? Like, what yeah. what is your background? What gives you you know, the right or reason to to perform such procedures? Because I think it's very easy to say that these procedures can easily go mm. go wrong mm. and it's um, it almost makes me think like you're playing with someone's life definitely yeah like even on tiktok i saw there was a doctor i can't remember which country he was in he had to he lost his license because he was performing like liposuction and all these intense medical procedures live on tiktok well, I think it was Australia. That's the one. Yes. I think I, I saw yeah. it. I saw it as well. Um, yeah. He was. They were quite. And there graphic. was no like hygiene procedures, or mm. it was just for views. Like mm. you could see slabs of fat on mm. metal things. Yeah. yeah, that is crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So. I want to touch on something that you mentioned before. You're saying that the industry is very female. Or let me. I don't want to get cancelled. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, is very woman dominated. Yes. What would you say, or do you care to give an answer as to why there's not many men on the level as you, apart from being in leadership roles or stuff like that? Why Why are we not seeing male aesthetics? Um, I think it is because of the types of treatments. Mm. So, for example, where the field that I'm in is heavily like laser hair removal. Yeah. 
um, chemical pills and stuff like that. And just from speaking with females and stuff, I feel like a female would feel very conscious if she walked into a treatment to get, let's say a full body laser and mm. her practitioner was a man. So I do think it makes sense as to why there mm. aren't many men in the actual treatment rooms. Okay. But I can I can hear that side of the argument, but at the same time, I also hear like, when it comes to certain, um, not, not medical conditions, but certain like reasons why women will go to hospital, hmm. their doctors are more male, no? Yes, yeah. So what what would be the reason, what, what, what kind of counters the difference to that? So I'll put it plainly. So um, aesthetics is seen as cosmetology. So it's mm. not seen as necessity. It's more of a luxury. Okay. You've got the money, you can splurge on it. Mm. And then the medical face, the, um, that the medical side, I should say, mm. generally tends to be things that are life threatening okay. or medical or medical grounds. Mm. So you mentioned when they go to like hospitals and stuff, they will, you'll see males. That's for medical grounds, mm. but for cosmetology and cosmetics, it's more something seen as a luxury and therefore it's women. Mm. So it's something like laser hair removal. The NHS would, wouldn't deem that as a on a medical grounds. Yeah. It'll be seen as a cosmetic grounds. Yeah. Okay. And would you yourself, would you want to see more men in the field? It depends why you're asking that question in regards to doing the treatments or leadership or just in general. I, would, I won't focus on leadership. Okay. I'll say maybe doing the treatment. Obviously, I know you've explained the reason as to why a, a woman would feel more comfortable going to another woman for treatment. Mm. But in terms of the, in terms of the field, in terms of the like, you know, treatments, would you would you be comfortable seeing more men in the field? So I like change. Um, so to answer that, I'll definitely say yes, mm. within reason. And those reasons are? Dependent on the treatment, okay. again. So what treatment would you say a man cannot do or shouldn't do? A full laser hair removal treatment. Okay. <laughs> full body. So basically what? Hair, armpits. Yeah, the um, legs, yeah. Okay. So what treatments can a man do then? I would say stuff like, you know, tattoo removal, the removal of pigmentation, mm. um, veins, chemical pills. Yeah. Mm. Okay, cool. All right, that's fine then. So I want to talk about skincare routine. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so your skin, for our viewers who are watching, you can see that Rhoda's skin is currently glowing right now. <laughs> I have a question, yeah? And my first question is... What is the one product mm. every person should have in their skincare routine? What's that one? Because I'm not lying. Yeah, I see retinol, hydro, hydrochloric Hyaluronic. acid. Hyaluronic. Hyaluronic. I see that. I'm not even saying it <laughs> properly. I see this. I see SPF, mm. ABC, EDF, mm. all mm. of them. Like, <laughs> I see all of this. But what is that one product you would say or re possibly recommend everybody should have in their skincare routine? A cleanser. That's a face wash. Okay. Yeah. Any particular brand you would suggest? Ooh, uh, I would say Kate Somerville Goat's Milk Cleanser. Wow. Okay. <laughs> break down, break, break that down. So Kate Somerville is the name of the brand. Mm. Um, she's a woman. She's actually, she's just amazing. Mm. And Goat's Milk is a milky cleanser that's suitable for all types of skins. Mm. So it's super gentle, super sensitive. Mm. Yeah. So that's the one product you would say. You can use every yeah. day. Yeah. It's okay. effective to remove even the thickest of makeups. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So can, men can use that as well, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So talk us through the skincare routines from when you start, 
from the first product to the last product. And I ask this because I feel like my skincare routine is just literally, uh, it's literally all over the place. Okay. I wash my face. Uh-huh. I cream it with my moisturizer. Uh-huh. Then SPF. Okay. And then I keep it moving. Cute. But I'd be on TikTok and Instagram and I'm seeing the fa- the first facial wash, uh-huh. the second facial Double wash. Cleanse, yep. Then some oil. Serum. Yep. Okay. Then the moisturizer. Uh-huh. Then maybe some sort of clay mask. Then the under eye thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are people literally doing this every single day? Cute. I'll try to break it down a bit. And then you've got the daytime. And then, then you've got the nighttime. I'm like, who's got time to do the nighttime routine when you've done work like a how many a hour, hour shift? <laughs> so break it down for us so with skincare and i wish i had like a diagram or something to show um with skincare there's definitely things that you use daily Mm. weekly fortnightly and monthly so you're saying one product yeah daily weekly fortnightly and monthly correct okay go ahead correct um so by daily you've got like your cleanser you should be washing your face every day, morning and evening. I believe that's the most important step out mm. of everything. Okay. Because it's kind of like trying to eat off of a dirty plate. Oh, wow. If you haven't washed your face and you go ahead putting a 100 pound serum on, you're just wasting that serum on a dirty skin. Okay. So that's why I chose a cleanser. A face wash is the most important. Mm. So your face should be cleaned every day, morning and evening. Then you've got what um, are like weekly things. So like exfoliating to really remove the top dead skin cells. Things that you do fortnightly, in my opinion, things like steam in your face. Okay. So where you um, use heat to just kind of open your pores, Mm. let out all the gunk. Then you've got monthly um, things that would be recommended. So things like micro needling. So this is where the chemical pills and the micro micro stuff come in. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So who do you think has a better skin routine, men or women? Definitely women. Why? Absolutely. Men, well, maybe I know a different level of men, but the men oh. I know, they feel like they don't need to do anything to their skin. Not you calling uh, out the men in your life, by the way. Just that. I'm, I'm not included in that, guys. I, I know my skin. I know my, skin <laughs> I know my skin care routine is not the best, but. You're a man and you're in my life. So the men in my life, yes, called you out. It's not me. They can never be me. Um, I always <laughs> say skin is skin, mm. regardless if it's on a man or a woman. Mm. But um, funny enough, a lot of men have nice skin. Mm. And I think it's because of that niceness. They feel like they don't need to do anything. Okay. To yeah. But you would suggest keeping like, some sort of maintenance for Absolutely. their skin. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, cool. So mm. what products? Oh, so I know you've mentioned um, cleanser. the cleanser for men. Or what brand would you reckon? Okay, I'm going to say the brand that I use. I use Neutrogena. Is that a good brand to you? Whoa, that side was serious. I don't think you guys would have seen that, but she gave me some dirty side eye, guys. Like, flipping oh. So what, no to Neutrogena? No. Can I quickly say something? So when it comes to skincare, there's a hierarchy. Oh, gosh, no. That looks like the Illuminati. I am Mm. not down with the Illuminati. But you know there's like a triangle. Imagine a pyramid, a hierarchy. Mm. At the bottom, you've got your high street brand. So things like Neutrogena, Mm. The Ordinary, um, Boots Number 7 and stuff. Mm. These type of products are generally filled with fragrances, perfumes. They tend to look good and feel good, but they don't really do good for the skin. Well, even those that say sensitive skin on it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Then you've got the middle brand, which is a cosmeceutical products. So mm. these are things you'll typically find in like pharmacies or skincare clinics. These ten, um, these type of products have more 
of a medical grade ingredients in them. So yeah. they tend to penetrate a bit more deeper into the um, layers of the skin. These generally don't really smell good. They do good. Um, mm. They sit superficially on the surface of the skin. And right at the top, you've got your pharmaceutically graded ingredients. Okay. So these are things they spend years formulating in labs. Generally, they're like Dr. Obagi, Dr. Dennis Gross, Dr. Mm. This, Dr. Rhoda, Dr. That. Okay. All right. Professor. <laughs> um, <laughs> these type of um, products, they don't smell good at all. They're usually just bland and base, mm. but they're generally the pr um, products that are really good for your skin. And what's the, what's the price tag that comes with those products at the top? They're generally, um, they're a bit more pricier because, mm. you know, they spend years being formulated in labs, yeah. but they're worth it. Okay. One yeah. that I'm really loving right now is Dr. Barbara Strum. So she's like a German slash American um, doctor. Mm. She's, yeah, her products are good. They're really expensive. There's a serum that's like probably this big for like 250 pounds. 250 pounds. Yeah, but it's really good. Wow. You only get one. I always tell people, your skin is an investment. Mm. It's the one organ, well, you have all your organs with you for life, <clears> but the skin is our biggest organ, mm -hmm. and that's what everybody generally tends to see first. So mm. you've got to invest in it, you know? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Guys, that is Rhoda and skincare. I want to ask another question with regards to skincare and, and the industry. What is one thing, and I, I've slightly touched on it already, but what's one thing you may want to change, remove from the industry, or maybe... Like, um, oh, I'm lost for words here, but um, like a myth about the skincare industry, like it's just not true. Like, you know, when people say, Oh, one of the um factors for good skin is drinking tons and tons of water a day, right? What's, what's one of those myths that you'd want to break down and be like, No, guys, that's that's not true, or maybe mm -hmm. it is true, but to add to it, do this and do that. When it comes to products, um, I definitely think there's a myth that, um, expensive products are best for you mm. and i know i basically kind of said expensive products are good for yeah you, you. said a serum is 250 pound it better be flipping good <laughs> <laughs> however <laughs> um it does it's, that's not always true so you okay. don't have to spend an arm and a leg on a product for it to work mm. so there's a brand called the inky list it's mm. um you can find it in boots and super drugs they have the same serum i spoke about which was is 250 pounds from the inky list you can buy it for 6.99 mm. that for me works just as well as the 250 pound serum mm. so with skincare the trick is really the ingredients and how they whenever you buy have a product and i wish i had a product to hand mm. sorry guys whenever you have a product they list the ingredients in order of potency okay. that potency is in order of um strongest to lightest mm -hmm. um so it's all about the ingredients so a 250 cream could i mean a 699 cream could be better than a 250 pound cream okay so that's a myth because there's a big myth that if it's not expensive it's not good mm. that's a myth okay cool okay i hear that and i think i agree as well because i think maybe that's why one i stick with my high streets brands as neutrogena and i think for me as well why neutrogena's work for me because I have a skin condition and I've noticed that if I change mm. something to my either like my skincare mm. or in terms of like what I use on my body, I have a reaction within 24 hours. I mean, the very next day oh. I've broken out. So I think I purchased um, a particular um, 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 clean, no, not cleanser, but you know when you pour it on a cotton pad and you wipe your face? Toner. Toner, yeah. yeah. I bought Simple. And it said sensitive and said good for sensitive skin. Yeah. Use it on a Monday, Tuesday morning, waking up. I mean, 
spots, whiteheads, everything. Ooh, so it's really good to hear and know that expensive doesn't always mean better. Yeah. Cheap doesn't always mean bad. <laughs> yes. So, but I think after the podcast or after this recording, Rhoda will give me a list as to skincare products I can use yeah. for my skin. Because I'm not going to lie, I look good. Thank you. Yes, and do. my skin is good, but I feel like it could be a lot more better. And something else I want to talk about as well. Can I um, quickly interject? You yeah. mentioned the other, you have a skin condition. What is it? It's hydrogenitis something, something. Basically called HS. So, um, oh, not you asking me questions on my own show, though. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's called HS, hydrogenitis something, something. Um, it basically started when I was in uni. Okay. And I was misdiagnosed for like the first year and a half. Ooh. So it was something else. So with, with HS, if you use like more so those perfumed, mm. floral, fruity, yeah, um, products mm. um, in like your armpit, private area, sometimes your face with some men in their beard, depending on what product they use, they can form what we call abscesses. Yes. So because of that, it, for some for some people it can it can rupture and drain by itself at home yeah. like with an easy remedy with some more so myself i have to have procedures to get them removed gotcha. and i feel like i feel like i'm a novice when it comes to products that i think i can use mm. i think that's why i stick with neutrogena simply because I've never had a reaction. Mm. I think the only time I had a reaction was when I bought a Neutrogena product and it had turmeric in it. Oh. And I think I reacted to that. But I was like, oh, it said it can do this for <laughs> sensitive skin. I was like, yeah, so why not throw it in my basket? <laughs> Spend like $4.99 on it. <laughs> but only for me to then toss it out because oh, I, I can't use it afterwards. Yeah. So <laughs> that's good. I want to talk about Korean skincare. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know much about it, but I've been hearing yeah. many, many good things mm -hmm. about it. And I've seen a lot of things on TikTok as well. Can you talk to us about Korean skincare? Yes. Yeah, and so, the benefits of it. Um, Korean skincare promises, should I say, to give you what they call glass skin. Mm -hmm. And with that, it's there's like 10 steps. It uses a lot of things like serums, oils, essences. Wait, you, you said 10 steps. Yeah, there's like 10 step Korean beauty. Yeah. And you have to do all 10 steps to achieve... In a certain order, yeah. In a certain order. Yeah. To achieve that, what, glass, glass, glass skin. Glass skin, yeah. Do you think there's a high demand for that, for that type of Definitely. skin? Definitely. And I think um, because of, you know, Instagram and TikTok and um snapchat and filters people yeah. want to have that on the go filtered skin mm. yeah okay but one thing is um koreans naturally due to genetics and mm. their predisposition oh look at me <laughs> yeah. that was a big word i, I don't um, i don't even know what that means due to their natural setup mm. they've just got good genes yeah yeah so like they don't grow hair so you don't really, I don't really get a lot of Koreans coming for laser hair removal, mm. but also because of their genes, they naturally have good skin. Mm. Um, so that's why they can market it like that. Yeah. So if it's more, if it's more genetics for mm. them, how beneficial would it be for those who are not um, Korean? Like, it's not. It's but, not. But yeah, it's not. But you know, we live in an age where anybody can go and. Um, a Snapchat, a TikTok, an Instagram, and say, "Use this to get this." Yeah, and then it's people are sold. <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't invest your money or spend your money on Korean skincare, or oh, I would because you know me, I like to spend money, especially on skincare. But okay. <laughs> okay, but is there a benefit to spend like 
like you said before, your skin is your investment because it's the first thing people see about you. Yeah. But like I said, with with, with genetics and Koreans, mm. is there a benefit me going to a Korean shop or or a skincare shop and asking about Korean skincare? Do you think they'll just sell me anything because I might look like a novice to them or would I benefit from using their products over a particular time? There definitely is a benefit of using their products. Mm. However, let's say if you they put a Korean man next to you who also used it, there will definitely be a clear demarcation that his skin is mm. just naturally, sorry to say, better. Okay. Okay. So do you know the price tag when it comes to Korean skincare? The ones I've seen are actually quite cheap. Okay. They're like, Six ninety nine, mm. eleven ninety nine. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So they're quite affordable. So have you used the products yourself? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and have you seen the results you want to see? Yeah. You have. Yeah. yeah? So I what... stopped though. Why? Because I wanted to then try something else. Okay, so you're quite experimental. Yeah, I'd never like to recommend something that I haven't used myself. Okay. That's good. That's mm-hmm. really, really good. But with with the experiments on, on one skin, are you not scared of the consequences that may come about? Or obviously, obviously with your background and experience, mm-hmm. I'm guessing you know when and when not to and stuff like that. But are you not scared of the amount of products that's on your face? So when it comes to skincare, very good question, I would say. Mm. You have to apply common sense. Okay. And I'm glad we're sat at Common Sense Sense Studios. Studios. Shout out to Common Sense Studios. (laughs) Um, And there's just a... How do I say this? Like, you wouldn't put 10 things on your face in one setting and expect to, you know, know what's good or what's not good. When it comes Mm. to trialing out new skincare, there's a kind of like an unspoken rule of mm. how to do it so you generally introduce um, products into your skin one at a time yeah you use it for a set period to see if it's working and mm. how your skin's tolerating it so you wouldn't just kind of use everything at the same time yeah understandable guys that is rhoda on skincare um i want to get deeper with rhoda now oh dear um, not too deep don't worry um so i think my first question is um Okay, no, first question is, and maybe this is not too deep, but what's next for Rhoda and skincare in the industry? What are your plans? Because if you don't mind me saying, Mm -hmm. and sorry to cut you, were we not working on (laughs) particular creams and lotions and and stuff like that at one point? Oh, you mean when I... Hold on a minute. This is going to pause, right? No. Sister, can I talk about it? (laughs) The gloss. I would say maybe not mention them, okay. but like just mention. I was gonna say I did work on opening. Okay. Yeah, cool. I would say just mention your, yeah, your own. Just mention your own experience, as in Rhoda, because I didn't say Rhoda is the brand. Do you get what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say? So what is next for Rhoda, the brand, in terms of the skincare industry? That's a good question, um, but I'll de- generally say I don't know. Okay. Is and I be- say, mm-hmm. is that because you've got nothing planned or, you, or you're just like, it is what it is? It's not really it is what it is. I'll say I don't know because mm. my life has taken a... Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a it? roller coaster. Yes. Mm. And where I'm at, I am... What's the word? How do I say this? I just want to do what God wants me to do. Okay. Amen. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Um... What regrets do you have in life? 
I try not to see regrets as regrets, mm. um, but definitely when it comes to money, mm. I um, don't think I've been as good with money okay. as I should have been. Talk us through that. Um, I definitely, I have been working since I, since I was 14. Mm. So that's what, a good 15 years? Mm-hmm. Is it? I'm nodding with you because I'm just going to agree. 29 takeaway 14 is, yeah, 15, mm-hmm. yay. Fantastic, um, fashion and finance. <laughs> Um, and I feel like I haven't been as money savvy as I should have been. Mm. Yeah. I've made some decisions that were not smart. Um, I didn't make investment decisions and Mm. stuff. Um, but now I know better. So I'm doing better. Okay. So you say you've not made, um, certain investment decisions and I'm guessing you've wanted to put your money somewhere and Mm. it's ended up somewhere else. Correct. What, what things or what investments do you think you would have put your money in? if it didn't go somewhere else? Definitely um, the S&P 500. Okay. So the S&P 500, for those that don't know, mm. it's like a, you know, a big, imagine you go Selfridges, a big department store. So imagine you've got your big yellow um, bag with you and in it you've got things from Prada, from um, LV, from Gucci. Yeah, everywhere basically. Yeah, yeah, all in this one basket. So it's basically you investing money into 500, the top 500 different um, mm. businesses. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So other than that, where else would your money go? Where else, where else do you think your money should have gone? Buying a house. Okay. Um, yeah, and building a business. What business? A skincare business. Okay. But we've asked, what's the future hold? And you're like, you don't know. That was, I'm speaking from what I would have done. Okay. Right so, now, I don't know. Okay. And okay, let's talk about the skincare business that you would have built. Mm. What type of skincare? What would have been the product range or line? Um, so I would have definitely like liked to build a flagship clinic that people can go to to have mm. services carried out okay. and also a product range a skincare product mm. range because you know coming from the background where i spent years formulating homemade recipes and stuff like that yeah, yeah. okay so we're going to start to round up okay. here because it's been a very fun conversation and i'm happy this is um season one episode one and i just want to say um again shout out to common sense studios and to our listeners what is one thing or what is a piece of advice you would give to those young girls and possibly young men mm. who would want to go into the industry and they may not have the background you have where the the effects of their skin is what kind of like push them mm-hmm. into that um into that area or into that um section should i say what advice would you give them i would definitely say it's going to sound really cliche but you have to be passionate about wanting to um enhance people's beauty mm. sounds really cliche um yeah just passionate about wanting to help others because it's a rewarding field mm. but then some days at, when you've worked a very long let's say 10 hour shift and you've met all different caliber of people and you're just like i just want to throw this machine out of a window yeah you've got to really kind of know your why you're doing it okay yeah that's it that's the advice you would give that's yeah the advice to know why you're doing it if it's for the money I would rethink it but if it's to you know help people enhance people mm. change people's lives i've been in treatment rooms where people have, are crying tears of joy because they're like my life has actually changed like mm. i'm not having to deal with this problem anymore so mm. yeah that's good and um where can people find you what are your socials if you're very social 
Um, I'm not that social, but you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Rhoda, A-S-K-I-N for skin. That's good. I'll definitely um, put it somewhere if this ends up on yeah. YouTube um, on screen. Um, one more game before okay. we finally close, and it's a riddle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you looked at the ceiling, why? <laughs> it's a, I, th- I think it's an easy one, but then again, I already know the answer. Right. Okay. So what has a head and a tail, but nobody? A coin. Oh, well, great. <laughs> well, great. Thanks, guys. And now it's got Prince Philip's face on it, not Queen Elizabeth. Do you mean King Philip? Oh, yes. Okay. Thanks, guys. Um, see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi. It's a wrap. How it's a wrap. That?